Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Free Desna Maybe. And you are joining us for a very, very special episode because for one night only, we are free devs and a maybe and a designer. And we have a very special guest, like I say, which is Justin Delusia. Hello, Justin. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Long time no speak. It's been a while. Ed, it's nice to have a bit of company this time, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, well, it's, it's, you guys did a great job. Really good. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I thought I was just rambling on for a yeah, oh, yeah. an hour and forty minutes. We we actually rambled on full without realizing last week. It was good rambling though. It was. Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. Structured rambling. It was. Yeah. We went off in more tangents than uh, something that has a lot of tangents. <laughs> Indeed. Well said, yeah. Lewis. Well said. Yeah. So I, I totally thought, thought more about that one before I carried it on. I totally agree. So I should probably explain. Uh, yeah, Justin is a designer who works for uh, Free Sixty Software Solutions, and at one point or another, we have all worked together. So um, yeah, he's a, a very good friend of the show and, uh, and a brilliant designer. So we're really lucky to have him on this show tonight. And he's a huge fan of the show as well. Yes, he's the best. He number one fan. Yeah. Absolutely, I've listened to every single episode. You're so have sad. You? Um, I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> have you listened to any yet? What? Have you listened to any yet? No. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> so you come on and you think you own the place. Oh, there goes, there goes my to, pop quiz. I have listened to part of one. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to five minutes and realised, oh no, this isn't what I want to watch. Listen to it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to download the whole back catalogue and get stuck in. <laughs> like binge on and TV shows. Yeah, and I'm going to have pictures of all your faces in front of me while I listen. <laughs> standard uh yeah okay so uh yeah justin as you haven't listened to uh, our show before basically uh, at this point in the show i usually go around and just see how everyone's week has been and uh to find out if they've basically learned anything development wise or any other interesting stuff but really i should guess i should start with you guys all went out on saturday night yeah you did, yeah, yeah and you weren't there Ooh. i wasn't there no sorry about that what was your excuse sorry i, I don't think i actually got a, a reason for that i oh, was just Absolutely rammed. Lies, uh, lies. Hashtag lies. <laughs> Hashtag lies. <laughs> uh, uni work. Just, Hashtag just, lies. Hashtag lies, basically. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm only joking. Yeah. No, you're coming definitely out to the next one, though, sir. It was, I will definitely, definitely be there, because that's going to be for Lou's birthday, I believe. So. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. 29th, uh, uh, 24th or 5th of May. It's on the Sunday that weekend. Yeah. So are we right in saying, I'm, can we invite I'm, everyone from the three devs universe? Well, yeah, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to obviously give all the details out here because obviously all 24 of our followers might turn up, or however many. <laughs> no, I think we, we, should, we should open it up to everyone that listens that won't turn up. And all. You know, I was thinking that would be a really cool idea one time, just to say, yeah. look, we're going to come to Lou's birthday. <laughs> yeah, possibly <laughs> not there. Yeah, maybe not Lou's birthday, but another time. Awesome. Um, anyway, I'm going to do this in a structured way because otherwise we're going to be talking each other, over each other. But uh, let's start off with you, Lou. How's your week been? My week has been uh, uneventful, I guess, really. it's um, The main project I've been working on is kind of ground to a halt because uh, I'm still waiting on content. Me and right. Ed talked about that last week. So, Don't you just uh, love it? You know, content, yeah. the, only, the one thing they need to do. 
Yes. Uh, and my boss said yesterday that he'd been in touch with them and all they were doing was passing the buck backwards and forwards between them. So Lovely. that's that's not going to change anytime soon. So I've just been spending a lot of time refactoring and uh, trying to improve my own framework, to be honest. So I've been messing around with that. And that's going well? It's going very well, actually. Yeah, I've had a good day on it today. I've uh, I've added in – well, I've refactored um, two or three of my classes, which has been nice. I managed to strip out a lot of lines, which is always good. Um, I've added in a pagination class today, which was good fun. And I've also messed around with um, composer autoloading, which I'll discuss in a bit when we come to the, okay. the next bit. So, uh, yeah, uh, awesome. other than that, no, there's not really, not really been that much going on from my point of view. I okay. wish there was. I wish I was a bit busier because the days are going a bit slow. But, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all go through these spells, don't we? Um, what about your highlight of Saturday night? <laughs> I like that. That's a good question. <laughs> Uh, Ed, can you can you remember what it would have been? I, 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 my highlight is probably my low light. So yeah. Now Ed's quite a tall man, as you uh, as you guys know. He's, how tall are you, Ed? Uh, mm-hmm. Six two or three, I think. So so to to fall over from that height <laughs> must be a pretty harrowing experience in a in a packed bar onto a wooden floor. Ooh. Which bar and, was uh, it? And at Thorin's, where you were there? Oh, you probably, you, well, you may have been there. there. Oh, dear. None, none of us can, it, it is a bit like Hangover the movie, actually, sitting there the, the day after and uh, trying to figure out everything. But we were all just stood chatting, and then I still don't know what happened, Ed. You just fell over <laughs> backwards. I think, I was, trying, just I, fell think over. I was trying to get to a chair that didn't exist. Now, in my defence, it was there in my head. It just wasn't there in my life. <laughs> so... <laughs> You oh, Lewis, are you going to mention awesome. what happened with your phone as well? Oh, yeah, Lou. What happened with your phone? Uh, you almost lost it again. Me. Oh, God, I did, yeah. didn't I? Because, to remind you, that's because, why you lost it. Because Second, this girl has to run out and say, is this someone's phone? It's like, of course it has to be Lou's. I've just, I've just beautifully illustrated how bad my memory is again there, haven't <laughs> I, by not even remembering that. No, yeah, I left it. And that was quite early on in the night, actually. Yeah, I know, but the damage had been done by then. Yeah, and it must be and, uh, as well. Like the last time we all went out together, he left his phone on the train. Oh, it's <laughs> yes. nice iPhone five. iPhone. Oh, to be honest, right. this one it probably wouldn't have been the end of the world if I didn't get <laughs> yeah. it back because it is the worst phone ever invented. But <laughs> the nice, nice lady from the bar came out running after me and uh, and gave it back. She's probably and, like uh, looked on eBay oh. and says, "I'm going to get nothing for this. I might as well just be yeah. nice now." Is this the uh, the BlackBerry? Yeah. Oh man, I hated yeah, my BlackBerry so much. I, I swear, no, no matter how hard I try, I cannot lose the thing. <laughs> Maybe subconsciously yeah. you left it there. Just hoping, yeah, <laughs> but no. Well, that's, how, that's, the problem, that's the problem with Blackberries because people are leaving them around everywhere because no one wants one. <laughs> so it's probably it's probably a different phone, but you haven't realised. <laughs> that's a good point. Got Blackberry message, you're fine. <laughs> but Ed, what was the extent of the damage on Sunday? Um, well, the, well, Sunday I didn't actually do much. By by not do much, I mean I stayed in bed all day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I haven't drunk that much in a while. I don't condone it. But it was one of those nights that just, you know, just it was funny. Just flowed it was and, very funny. Yeah, interesting night. And yeah, I didn't actually feel that sore uh, the night, the day after. From, but I do remember that. Well, but I do remember stacking it though and thinking, why am I on the floor? <laughs> uh, you know, and I thought, this is awkward. In any other scenario, this would be awkward, but not when you're drunk. Right. The only thing, well, there, there was a, quite a hefty flight of stairs about four yards to your left, so it could have been worse. Oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Hart, how has your yes. week 
My week has been fairly standard. Um, I've been working on pretty much the same project that I've been working on for the last six months, which has been fantastic. <laughs> but it does look as though it's finally coming to a close because they've got someone to work full-time, or they've just hired a junior to work full-time on it anyway, which is right. positive. So hopefully I'll be able to palm off some of that work and then get on to some other stuff. Um, and I've been playing around with CodeKit 2 because I listened to the podcast last week and then heard Ed mention that <laughs> CodeKit 2 had come out. Yeah! So, yeah. yeah, like two two minutes after he mentioned that, I went out and, and upgraded my CodeKit 1, and it's really... Really, really good, man. Um, I was showing Justin it the other day when, well, when I first downloaded it. And uh, yeah, it's just really good. The live reload is just phenomenal on it. Where live reload on it before was was pretty good anyway because you could just it, it would refresh your active browser. Um, yeah. This you can connect to any device to, so you can get any device on your on your local network. You can, but yeah, you can get the website up on on that device, and then every time you do, you save it or compile everything for you, and it will feed the updates out to every device you got connected to it as well. So you've got like your oh, iPhone wow. and your iPad and your Android and a Windows PC running IE six or whatever, and yeah, that's so really cool, great. isn't it? That's yeah, so, really. Does it work with virtual machines as well? Uh, yes, oh, yeah, as long as they're connected so to the same good. network. Just have a boatload of screen monitors up when you're devving. Yeah. If you just have a quick glance at it. Yeah, how's no, Bower really, really... support? Have you had a little play with that at all? The package manager. I have no idea what Bower is. Oh, it's, like, it's like Twitter's um, package manager type thing. They they integrated okay. in there, which is quite good. So it allows you like to download jQuery oh. and stuff, more like Composer style. Do you mean Twitter? Uh, so you said Twitter. Did you mean Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah. Twitter. Uh, Bower's Twitter's like they. they oh tw- okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's my bad. Yeah, I've, I've not touched that, but I'll have to have to have a little play with it. And uh, yeah, so that that was good. Um, and yeah. then I've. I got well. This weekend was a bit of a bit of a flurry of, of activity. I had a VHF radio course um, for the the road that I'm doing, and on Saturday, and then met up with you lot. Obviously, on Saturday night, turned up about two hours after they'd all start drinking, and then had about two drinks, and then left about four hours before they <laughs> left. By the sound, <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a first aid course on on the Sunday, so I wanted to get away at a reasonable time. So I'd been I was gone at about midnight. Yeah. Um, and I had a little bit of freelance that I was working on on Sunday, which is just part of a bigger project. So it was good to actually get into into that. Yeah, that's gone quite smoothly, is it? Yeah, it's been all right so far. I've not done a huge amount on it. It's basically a, a website that I built for a freelance project a little while ago. They wanted a, an e-commerce store integrated into it. So it's on Silverstripe. Um, so Silverstripe's got a, an e-commerce module called Swipe Stripe. Um, I've played around with it a little bit before, but this is the first time I'm actually properly getting my hands dirty with it. So it's going to be a, an interesting learning curve anyway. And I've, I need to do a, they've got all these modules for um, payment integration. So they've got, I think they've got a PayPal module and a couple of the other ones, but these, the people that I'm doing the, the build for want to use WorldPay. So I want to yeah. well, I need to get my hands dirty with, with building a, a WorldPay module. And I absolutely hate payment integration. So it's going to be an yeah. interesting one. So yeah, Ed, you'll be getting a phone call in, in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, the radio course, take it, that was quite intense, was it? Uh, it was c- sort of kind of intense. Like, I was proper crap in my pants. I was going to fail the exam because I need, I need the certificate, I need the license to be able to, to enter this race. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I was proper stressing. Did the exam, like, kind of found out that I did find the exam. At the end of it, I said to the, the examiner, like, oh, so how, how many people do you, do you roughly fail? And he's like, oh, I've failed, like, two people in my life because they couldn't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the whole time, like... Yeah, wow. thinking the worst that that could have happened, but yeah, it all went fine. Ed would have felt that on Saturday night, then. <laughs> yes, <he would. laughs> if it involves staying uh, up straight, I would have too as well. Yeah, so, uh... <laughs> I remember conversations with you on Saturday night, Ed, and like I remember sitting there. It must have been like half an hour conversation of I love doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see like both. Of us. It was good, man. Oh, I do. I do remember that vaguely. Yes. Uh... <laughs> 
I do like that uh, podcast, indeedy. <laughs> that leads uh, quite nicely to you, Edman, then. How, uh, how's your week been? Good, man, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do much at the weekend. It was a pretty bland weekend, to be honest. <laughs> naturally, yeah. Naturally, absolutely. You um, did, you just forgotten it. Just forgotten it, that's it. I've got no brain, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, freelance stuff, still playing along. Uh, I was able to release a new blog post this today, this morning. On a, I saw a few you've done this week, right? Yeah, not a couple, but the, the main one this week probably is the introduction to creating a basic PHP extension in C. So ah, nice. So actually having a little look into actually, you know, making a PHP extension in the language, you know, that PHP's written in and compiling it and all that stuff. And yeah, it's quite, it, I mean... Once you get around the idea of like what you need, what files you need, and there's a lot of bootstrap files and stuff like that, it's not yeah. that hard to grasp it. And I'm, I'm actually pretty sure that if you uh, just having a PHP background and like that C structure and stuff, you could easily pick up, you know, the syntax and stuff for C in this style they use because they use a lot of macros and stuff like these things, which just generate the code for you. But yeah, yeah. so I, I did that, made like a little hello world type thing, and made you know like just a simple thing there. And um, yeah, so it's been pretty pretty cool week. Ed, what did you nice. do this in again? Uh, so, so the uh, creating a basic thingy PHP extension in what? Oh no, so you write in C. So because PHP in C, in C yeah. So PHP is uh. written in C, and then what you're doing is just making an extension that's actually pretty much native. You know, so it's compiled down when you actually you you compile it with PHP. Uh, and, I only uh, know it in B flat. <laughs> but it's pretty. I mean, yeah. I mean, check out this blog post and see it because it does. It's not that much code, really. Like to, it's it not too cool. not too intimidating. Yeah, I'll, uh, I will check that out at some point when I've got like five minutes free. Uh, the moment's pretty mental. But uh, I'm going to ask our special guest, Justin, uh, how has your week been, what you've been working on, uh, and any other stuff you want to share with the group? Yeah. Um, well, hello. Um, hello. hello. It's been a, yeah, it's been a good week, actually. Really exciting um, stuff going on. Um, been working on quite a wide range of stuff. Um few freelance projects that I'm quite excited about um, as well as obviously like my other job um, tend to be doing more and more project management funnily enough which actually I think the longer I spend in a design role it seems to be part and parcel of yeah. having having a, vis- a vision for a project and then you have to take responsibility I think for seeing that through and making sure that's what it ends up as so, so you- do you think those two things are, are very closely connected now? I think so. I, I think um, I think it's one of those things that, as time goes on, I think I'll probably have a better idea of it. But uh, I think yeah. I think it makes sense for the designer typically to to be at, at least key involved in that side of things because, in that sense, you you're constantly connected with the project as opposed to having like large gaps of time where you're not sure what's going on, you haven't seen it. And then it may even be because we're, you know, typically in a commercial world, you get to a point where maybe you've been disconnected with the project and you come back involved, and it's like uh, we can't we can't afford to do any serious changes now because it's it's too late. You know, it's, it's got to go live now because the client needs it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So um, so yeah, sort of get my get my head around that, um, which yeah. is which is interesting, but then. Yeah, doing a few a few of my own bits, my own time, which has been really fun. I did my um, my first um, WordPress site the other day, in the sense of a fully fledged WordPress site that I didn't develop a custom theme for it, which I really wanted to do, but I didn't have the time. So I yeah. ended up buying buying a responsive template and then 
Um, I basically just customized the styles for it, and some of the responsive styles weren't weren't very good, and it was breaking a bit on some devices. So yeah. played around that, tidied it up, and um, yeah, it's really it's really fun to see it go live. And um, this particular one is a shop for um, a, a business of my sister's, and um, yeah, it's, it's doing really well. So yeah, that, that's always really fun when you can, you know, especially as a designer, you can dip your toe in the other sort of uh, <laughs> the other court. Yeah. Well, well there's another <laughs> project you've been working on as well, isn't there, Justin? Some something to do with like jobs and. and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably uh, worth mentioning. What's yeah, the URL for this? Um, <laughs> off the top of your head. What? Uh, it's webdesignjobsinkent.co.uk. <laughs> And at the moment, it's just a one-page, just one-page website, um, just with a bit of branding on and just a little bit of spiel explaining um, the idea of what we're doing. But essentially, myself and Fraser, the idea behind it is providing a one-stop sort of point of contact for either uh, developers or designers looking for work in the web industry or employers wishing to advertise work, and just making it really, really simple and making sure that either of those two you know people can get the information they need like instantly um so currently because it's about to launch or because it's only just launched and we need content and we want to try and work our way up the search engines um we're advertising we've got eight free slots for potential advertisers out there eight free job posts and it's on the first come first serve basis so as soon as they're gone they're gone um, and after that, there'll be there'll be a small cost to to post a job um, on a monthly basis. Well, I think I said to Fraser, I think it's a wicked idea. I'm quite jealous that you got in there before I did. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I think, yeah, best of luck to you. I think you'll do really well there. And there's not really thing, there's not too many things out there like it, to be honest with you. So uh, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, you know, if we need someone at my place next time, I'll definitely recommend you to uh, to my boss and stuff. But Thanks, yeah, best man. of luck with that. But no, yeah, can did, I just say something quickly? I, just, I, I own I own the domain kentwebdevelopers.co.uk. Oh, really? And yeah. uh, I reckon there must be something we could try and tie in together with this because I, I don't know. It's a cool domain, and I, and I, my my initial idea was it just to be like a forum site for yep. for Kent web developers. But you know, there might be might be an opportunity there. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely worth thinking about. Anyway, yeah, I guess there's loads of stuff you can do with it. It doesn't seem to be any like real communal kind of you know, for local people in Kent sort of areas online to do this. So, I mean, it is a brilliant idea. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, just, in, you mentioned the R word, which I'll, well, I think we'll come on to it a bit. Uh, it's a bit coming to you now. The uh, responsive word. Um, oh. But I'm just interested in what you were saying about, um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah. nightmares for you. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. This is why we don't have the Skype window open when we're doing the podcast. <laughs> And that's not the only reason. We all know that Michael's naked. <laughs> oh, let's keep it clean. It's a family show. Um, yeah, um, but what you were saying about account account management and design, one of the things I really miss since leaving 360, which, by the way, is pretty much a year to the day, which you and Fraser will probably already know. You probably had a, like, a candle lit in the office today or something. But um, <laughs> Yeah. It is, yeah. Awesome. But, um, yeah, one of the things I miss was I thought – what you did really well, Justin, I don't want to get all mushy here, but uh, like if you like, when you started a project, we'd sit down and we'd, we'd talk for a design and you would make it really clear the kind of things like design that were really important to you, like the box shadow, the kind of things that a developer might cheekily try and just leave out because quicker. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I'd never do that. <laughs> Speak for but yourself. Not just that, but like, you know, uh, having a meeting with you in two days' time to see how it's going. I guess in some ways, it's kind of like the agile approach, right? But I thought you did a, a really good job of that. And I, I really miss that because our designer is in Cornwall. So um, he, and he's a great designer as well. Um, yeah. But it's a diff, very different work process. So, um, what, what, um, just out of interest, what, what's it like working with someone over distance in that respect? Like, how does that change things? Well, I mean, I don't have too much to do with them because I, I literally don't do any front end stuff anymore. I don't do any at all. So we literally okay. have, we have dedicated front end developers, dedicated back end developers, and then the, we have two designers. And um, but yeah, to be honest with you, I think it works pretty well. Um, but we we do a lot of conversations over Skype, which I do find a bit tiring at times because a lot of it's typing and it, it's not that quick. But generally, mm. you know, that, that should be one of the, the nice parts of our job, I think, is that we should be tied to a location. Um, you know, we're web developers, designers. We could be all over the world, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it works pretty well. But anyway, I don't want to uh, hog the mic. But um, has anyone got any sort of uh, libraries, plugins, tips anything like that that they want to chip in that they've they've been using this week i've i've got something i can contribute actually which okay. uh a bit of a curveball and it's not really it's it's not really a straightforward dev thing in fact it's not dev thing at all but you might be interested in it and i think everyone should find out about it just because i think it's really interesting is it pogs <laughs> yes um I was no. I was listening to. I was just trolling through the Webhead um, podcast the other day, which Ed very kindly got me onto. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, that's very different. Is that Weatherhead or Leatherhead? <laughs> the t-shirt head, I think, is the. Uh... Um, I don't. I don't uh, typically listen to each one, but I tend to pick and choose. And this one popped out to me, and I thought it sounded really interesting. Which was the content structure with Steve Fisher. I don't know if anyone else has listened to that. I haven't listened to that one yet, actually. It's really interesting because it, it talks about a whole, a whole other um, approach, basically, to like structuring your content. And they talk about things like atomic content, which is like kind of um, the ability to to boil your your content down to a single thing, like a single atom, which everything else comes around and revolves around. Wow. And I thought both from a development and design perspective, that was a really interesting concept just to think about. So that's my two pennies worth. You should go and listen to that one. It's quite good. Sweet. I've just clicked onto the, the Weberhead uh, website for the podcast. <laughs> is Jen Simmons, is she the host on that? She is indeed. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, because we, we got a T-shirt with Jen Simmons <laughs> on did, for his did. birthday about a year ago, didn't we? And then we yeah. tweeted it to her and it just fell into a black hole. So, yeah, Do you remember that? Like a... I, I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. <laughs> Do you still have the T-shirt? I do still have the T-shirt. Yes. Maybe it should be a night out thing. Next um, time we go out. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyone else? Anyone got anything? Uh, I, I do. Yeah. Um, I, so I've been I've been playing around with uh, my CV this weekend. Well, this week a bit. Yeah. And doing your CV is so boring. Like yeah. you open up Word or open Office or whatever you do, you know. Um. And, you know, it's like we're devs. We want to make it a little bit more interesting. So I've, I've, I decided, well, I looked online. I was like, oh, it'd be quite cool to actually use something like uh, Markdown. You know, I'd be able to write it like that and export it to different formats. You know, say stuff like maybe, I'll, you know, I want to export it to HTML, export it to PDF, export it to DocX, export it to TXT file if they want it like that. Um, so there's this program called Pandoc. 
and it's written Haskell, but it's actually just there's a li- it's a li- Haskell library, but it's actually uh, there's a command line utility, and um, yeah, so Pandoc has got uh, the ability to be able to literally. It, is the, it has everything, the ability of Swiss Army Knife to be able to convert one format to another. So you say you pass it a markdown file, and then you're able to say, okay, here's the markdown file, and I want you to now export it into HTML. And it will just dump it into HTML for you, and then in there you're able to just to style it the way you want. And that's what I've started doing now, and it's great for quickly updating your CV, where I want a couple of formats. So, you know, I want it in PDF, I want it in... And actually, talking about the PDF thought, is um, me and Lou, we met up last week, and we had a little bit of fun with uh, P- the PDF DOM, wasn't it, Lou? Don PDF. Don PDF indeed, yeah. And um, I think... I wouldn't call it fun. It, yeah. I... <laughs> it wasn't fun. Yeah, to find fun, I think, isn't it? But um, yeah, so I've been using... So one of the things it does, though, is when it does PDFs, it converts it from... It, it converts it into latex format, which you don't really know, but it's like an academic format for PDFs and academic uh, records and stuff. So what I did instead was I was like, well, hang on a minute. What I do is I've got a HTML version, and I use something called... Um, what is it called? be prepared for this shouldn't I uh, it's called uh, Q uh, so silent pause while I uh, while well, we wait for Ed <laughs> this is awkward I was prepared I swear it uh, crashed pop ups and all that you know uh, yes right so it's called WKHTML 2 PDF uh, and which WebKit to HTML to PDF, and all that is is a command line program that you're able then to say, here's the HTML page, make a PDF out of this. But it also allows you to supply arguments for like custom CSS that you only want to be included in that PDF. So stuff like you know you've got your screen media and you've got your print media. This way you're able then to have that kind of you know delegation when you actually because you know there's certain things in the HTML one that I don't want to show in the PDF version. And that, this way I'm able then to keep the same pretty much markdown file and then just export them the way I want them, each individual one. Hello. Cool. That sounds very cool. Very yeah. cool. Uh, anyone else? Any? I, I do, I've got a couple. I didn't yeah. want to jump in in front of everyone. Right, go for uh, it. Yeah, as I said earlier on, I've been messing around um, with my own framework a lot this week. So I've been, um, first of all, looking at the security side of things. And uh, this is something that I, that I definitely like to use libraries for. And... Uh, Cross-site scripting, obviously a dangerous thing for any website. I found a nice little library through Packagist called HTML Purifier, which is uh, which is nice and easy. It basically all all it essentially does is it is it has a massive list of whitelisted characters, which are fine, and it it just keeps those in, strips everything else out, and uh, returns uh, codes and strings that validate in the browser. So it's quite good. Nice. For, yeah, uh, that was the first thing that I've learned. I'll put a link to that. And the the second thing, yeah, is um, messing around with the other autoload features of Composer. Uh, have you have you used these much, Ed? Oh, the the file ones are pretty cool, aren't they? Just the, the actual, yeah, using the actual autoload thing, like to load classes and and files in automatically from your directories and stuff, actually in your project. Oh, very cool. Have you have you have you have you I, done much of that? Or? I've not. I've done a bit with the the blog and stuff. I did. There was like a custom like when I wanted to load up my own class, like my own namespacing and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's yeah, it's it's much easier because I I had a whole function written out that used um is it SPL autoload register whatever it was and and everything that was working fine. But then I just stumbled across this tutorial today that showed um showed about using um adding this thing into your composer.json file with with an autoload object um a class map object where you put your directories in and then you just um run composer update and it just automatically auto loads all of those and i think yeah then 
there's another um you can pass files to it as well and autoload specific files so rather than trying to do it through through my code i think a lot of it is uh, is doable through here which i didn't even realize i thought composer was mainly for obviously getting your third party libraries into your project but there are there are tools to actually help you with uh, with your own stuff as well. It's very cool, is isn't it? Because you're able to define it in JSON, and then it just creates you the files for you. It does, yeah. It and gives, it you, an, it gives actually, you a nice PHP array of everything. They're very it. nice to see. Like actually, if you go into look in the vendor directory, you can see it. Like they are a bit. Yeah. There's a bit of like you know weird stuff that they do random generated class names, but you can see the structure, and it's good to learn how actual you know a good well laid out SPL autoload is actually done. Yeah, in the the auto load class map file, which is where everything goes into, uh, I had twenty five lines in it. I, I thought this would be interesting to have a quick look at Laravel to see Go how on. many. Uh, have, have a guess. Uh, this is my this is, is my this quiz question. question You've got twenty ballpark. Uh, twenty five. Mine was all right. Over under. I reckon it's over one hundred and fifty. Uh, yes, definitely. Really? Well over. Yeah. Wow. Um, sixteen over sixteen hundred. What? <laughs> Yeah. Is that just namespaces or classes that are wow. auto load class map? Yeah, classes that are automatically loaded. And yeah. just, wow, that's a big file. over sixteen hundred. It's uh, it's a it's a big old project. But yeah, alongside that, I then started playing around with namespacing, which is um, an area of PHP I've kind of haven't used that much before. I, I totally understand why it, why it needs to be used to make sure obviously class methods don't clash with each other. But I'd never implemented it, and I realised that I need to get that into the into this framework that I'm doing. But uh, it's it's a bit fiddlier than I thought. You obviously um, allocate your namespaces to your classes, and then you have to um, use the use keyword, don't you? And and put that in specific places where stuff's being loaded. So I've been messing around with that today. And you, I think you had a good uh, tweet, though, didn't you? Which I, I like. Yeah. That video was really good. Yeah, Jay, Jesse Ream, Jay Ream. He, he's a guy that I come back to repeatedly for like general tutorials and stuff on YouTube. He's uh, he's one of the guys that's really easy to understand and makes it interesting. So. Yeah, I looked at that. There's a link to that on my Twitter page, and uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm studying namespaces. That's kind of my main thing at the moment. So uh, I might t- discuss this with you tomorrow evening, Ed. No worries, sir. Very nice. Very cool. So yeah, so yeah, I've been keeping myself busy from that point of view. So yeah, okay. Press cool. could put uh, some of those tutorials in the um, show notes. So that yep, guy you were just mentioning, that'd be awesome. Sure thing. Yeah. Nice. I, I do have one more thing. Um, yeah. GitHub's. Uh, this is one thing I forgot to mention in the last. Atom. Week. Yeah. Yes, I've got, I was going to bring this up. I've, I've, I've been playing around with it for the whole week, and it's very oh. cool. So, what, did you request an invite on the I, site? I didn't. Or... Uh, Hacker News, oh. there was a way of going around it with a wget with some special headers, uh, and you're able right. to literally, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it was quite interesting. So, I downloaded it, and um, okay. it's pretty awesome. It's, it is very Is it sim- that good? It is. It's similar to Sublime, but it's yep. got it's it's the web stack. So, it is legitly... You know, uh, CSS. You style. You know, themes are styled in CSS. You can code plugins in in JavaScript. Uh, it's got full Node.js support, so you can manipulate the file system and also write to the DOM because it's actually got a DOM. The actual text editor has yeah, all in a single JavaScript file. It, you mix up the Node and the browser APIs, and it is pretty cool. Um, I mean, some of the stuff they do at the moment, they've got very similar, like, project loading thing, like, you know, that uh, Sublime has, which is cool. But it's nice to be able to write in the language that we're familiar, you know, languages we're familiar with, which is the web stack. Um, not that, you know, I mean, Sublime uses Python, so I've got my Python in for the week. But, uh, you know, so but it is a very interesting project. project. So because it's backed by GitHub, it's gonna. there's a lot of traction behind it. Yeah. And do you think it'll over... T- it'll, uh... 
it will become your main editor rather than Sublime? You know what? I think it may actually. Do you? Uh, I That's do. Quite a well, bold claim. It is quite interesting because it. Because of the fact that it's a website, you know, all the stuff you can do, like uh, at the moment, there's one of these examples where you have like, you know, you have your markdown preview editor. Well, you can yeah. have it inside the browser now. Inside, it's technically in a browser because it's technically inside of your text editor. So, yeah. it, you know, in a very simple way. So, yeah, it's quite cool. Have you tried brackets? So I've never tried, but I have heard of brackets. Yeah. Have you ever had a little play around with brackets? I've had a little play with it. I installed it on my work machine a few weeks ago, and it was it was slow to the point of unusable. And it was I was fair enough. I was using it on a fairly big project with, I think it was on Laravel the project, and it had obviously all the all the different files and stuff. So it was a big old thing, but it was yeah, like you click on the even in terms of loading up, you click on the icon, and I had to wait ten seconds before I could do anything. Then when I opened the project, it, it kind of it just kept freezing. So yeah, yeah I, I quickly closed it. That's it because that is that's in JavaScript as well, isn't it? I think. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's their big selling point. Adobe, fact, is that Adobe's? Is it? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm. I don't know who makes it. that because I know that Adobe's made a couple. They're trying to find a web, you know, because obviously Dreamweaver and Photoshop, you know, the in between of those to kind of have this development platform. Yeah. And yeah, it's very hard um, to find one. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, yes. brackets is another. It is, is Adobe's. It is Adobe. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, you see, I, I just I did. It kind of looks like they're trying to like grab the last rung on the rad, on the ladder as they're falling that's out it, of. That's uh, it exactly. Yeah, they're like anything they're coming, that will stick. You know, it's like yeah, you don't want Dream. No, come back. Yeah, yeah. Because what, like ten, seven or ten years ago or something, like I guess Adobe and, and Macromedia when Dreamweaver was with Macromedia, like they were the. Oh, it was like, the, the best. Thing. Pla- it yeah, was that the front page, page, wasn't it? Web, I mean, it was those two. Oh, completely, and yeah. that was all and you'd was, use, you know. Yeah. maybe a bit of fireworks as well, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And it's just all—it just seems to be falling off anyway. Um, and oh, as right. soon as I can find a decent replacement for Photoshop, then I'll I'll, I'll ditch that as well. Uh, what about GIMP? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't really like GIMP. I've tried I've, I've tried to to wean myself onto it, but it, I find that it doesn't really work very nicely with with. Photoshop created PSDs. Um, yeah. It's it's not that reliable, but uh, it's a shame because I, I like the idea of it. But yeah, it's yeah. just it's nothing close to to Photoshop. I see yeah. Photoshop still considered the leading player, is it? Yeah, I well, probably know better than us. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good yeah, uh, as far as I'm I'm concerned, yeah, it's it's what people people that I you know speak to is what they're all still using. Um, I mean, fireworks. You do come across people every now and again using it, but yeah, because our uh, boss is screams wonders for fireworks, doesn't he? And he he won't hear anything against it. Like if you try and say, "Oh, Photoshop's yeah. better," is it, has it's it like, been updated? Yeah. Is it part of the latest CC yeah. pack? There is. Oh wow! So they are still. Yeah. Well, what is the difference between the two? I'm really confused. No, I've, mm. I've got it. There's there's no. I can't see any difference. I mean, I know that Photoshop's it, it, got more stuff, same. but like fire. What is fire? Oh, you mean between those? What's fireworks actually got that? If, oh, if does it do vectors better? I, I don't really know what it's got in the new versions because I haven't. I'm still on six, so um, I can't quite tell the difference. But I mean, it's it's kind of trying to be a cross between Photoshop and and Dreamweaver and that kind of intermediate platform. And it's basically, as far as I'm aware, you know, it's it's there to provide to enable you to design for digital stuff really easily. But doesn't really then work if no one's like. No, I just don't find it. I just don't find it works well. It's not as easy to use as Dreamweaver, um, as Photoshop. But I'm sure it could be. I'm sure it's just one of those workflow things. You get used to something, and that's you know that's just what you're quicker in. So, is there any alternative in the web game type thing other than Photoshop that you would other than Fireworks, obviously, but like one that you would say this is kind of even if it's like a you know a new application, but like something in the right direction of what you want, or is Photoshop good enough? 
from my point of view, I think Photoshop's still amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, there are. I think the the thing that's brought Photoshop to life for me over the past year has been um, like the availability and the um, kind of new plugins that are coming out that you can you can buy for it. Um, especially ones by Source. Um, it's a bit of a plug, but they're really good. Um, things like. <clears throat> um, I'm just trying to remember the ones I've downloaded. So Enigma would be one of them, and that's basically like a one-click export. So from, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, actually. Um, you may not be, but for, for a developer, like when I'm giving the project over, um, it makes a huge difference. So if you're working from a PSD, and instead of having to chop it up and, you know, laboriously kind of extract things from it. <clears throat> Destroy it, really, is another word to yeah, use. <laughs> A plugin like Enigma um, will enable you to set some preferences. So you say, okay, here's my export folder. Um, I want them all as PNGs, and they're going to be progressive, or JPEGs, and they're going to be you know, 80% um, quality. And then you go through the layers. You find the layer you want to, to export. You just select the layer and click export, and it's gone into your, your supply folder. Um, and you can just do that throughout the whole document, and it will perfectly cut out every layer you, you export. Oh, wow, that sounds cool. So, that sounds Enigma, that's called. It's called Enigma. I, honestly, it will save you hours. And, and the, the cool thing about it is, like, like um, say you've got a, a, an effect on that layer and you've got a shadow on it or something like that, it will perfectly cut out the shadow, so you don't have to do any of that hard wow, work. that does sound pretty cool. It's really cool. It saved me so much time. Um, the other one being... Uh, CSS hat, which is made by the same people, and, um, and uh, another recommended that, uh, Justin. What's that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, Jez using that the other day as well. Oh, yes, it's fantastic. So, again, you uh, it's classic, it's a classic lifesaver for me because I designed something maybe with a really complex shadow or complex effect, and instead of the developer spending ages trying to guess. Or, or trying to work out how how to put that into CSS, you literally select the layer and you open the the plugin within Photoshop, and it will give you the CSS for that effect, and it will be virtually identical as what's in the PSD. So you're you say- just cop- copy and paste it. So you're saying us going to CSS three, you know, gradient generators isn't good enough for you now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking, oh yeah, that's enough. The design oh, that's, all I, that's all I have. That's all and I doing the standard five pixel, five pixel, really five much? pixel RGBA with zeros and 0.5 opacity. <laughs> <laughs> um, every... I just think these are all great topics, and uh, we should definitely go into this. But I was thinking to start off with, hopefully, if there's anyone listening who's who's actually wants to go down the web design route rather than development, and uh, is perhaps tuning in just to find out some of uh, Justin's story, I think it'd be a good idea if Justin, if you fancy just talking about how you got into design how you got into web design, and any tips and all that kind of stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I had, I've got, I mean, I don't know if this is a a kind of um, unconventional route in or not, but I mean, I think it probably relates to a lot of people in the web web industry um, already in that, you know, we kind of grew up really before the web had taken off, and certainly before it was, it was, you know, mainstream and being used in business a lot, so um, when I finished school, I went straight to art college and did an art foundation and because I was, I was interested in, in the creative arts and I didn't know what that looked like if, if I wanted to turn it into a career. Um, so that's the, you know, the, the way you can dip your toe in. 
Um, so I did my art foundation, and at that time, um, you know, the web was just—it's just one of the one of those things. It, it wasn't big, you, you know. You didn't use it very often. You had to dial in all that kind of stuff. Um, it makes me sound really old, but it, <laughs> it's amazing how it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and the the emphasis. Um, and maybe this was the college I went to, um, but the emphasis was very much on, you know, still fine art and going through the traditional routes. And that didn't really didn't appeal to me because I was, I was more interested in like digital stuff. And I spent the majority of my time like in the Mac suite, even though, you know, back then there was the Photoshop was, it was really old. It must've been on Photoshop two or something like that. I don't know. Um, and it, you know, you couldn't do half the things you can do with it now. But um, so I kind of left art college a little bit disillusioned and not really thinking I'd, I'd, I could actually go on and use that um, and do something really creative in the way I wanted to or not quite understanding the route and how to do that. Um, and I I basically took another year out and went to music college and then <clears throat> I ended up going to university and doing something completely different, um, which was Spanish and psychology. Um, for various reasons. And then um, during my degree and towards the end of my degree, I realized that actually, you know, the things I, I enjoy the most are the creative side of stuff and, um, you know, all that kind of thing. So I started picking up picking it up again as a hobby. And um, I actually, my first job when I, when I finished uni was basically um, doing a whole bunch of different things, but one of them being um, helping on the marketing side for a conference center. And um, that kind of led me into web projects because they were redesigning their, they commissioned a, comp- a local company actually in Kent to um, redesign their corporate website. Um, so I kind of got in- involved in that project from a, a kind of project management point of view, being the client. And um, that really just uh, opened my eyes to how powerful web was and you know it was just when people started talking about SEO and and the power of that and how you can optimize a website and all this kind of thing so I was so excited and blown away by it and also really aware that it was so new and fresh and no one like no one in the business community really seemed to understand it or be aware of how you know how powerful it was and you'd go to these project meetings and they were like you know 20 year old guys there who were the web developers at the time telling you about all these you know really complicated interesting stuff and i thought this is amazing like this is i want to work in this industry it's phenomenal um so from then on i i basically just tried to start teaching myself and you know getting books and just grabbing whatever i could um just to learn more about the industry as a whole and um that really took me took me kept me on the, the design front really on the visual side and uh but but in that i started playing around with you know html and css and that kind of thing um and over a period of maybe three or four years um I basically got to the point where i'd done enough personal projects that i thought um, I might try and take on some paid work, and so I just, you know, through personal contacts and family and stuff like that, <clears throat> did a few free jobs for people just to um, try things out, and and that seemed to go go really well, and and yeah, eventually got to the point where I thought, no, I think I'm I'm at a point where I could actually apply for a job here, so I just started looking for for local jobs, and that's what got me into uh, 
into the job I'm in at the moment, really. So it's a really round, roundabout way in. Yeah, that um, is seriously cool, though. I mean, I always think like you know, passion is the most important thing. Like, and obviously, you had that. You buying all the books and all the rest. And I guess, I mean, for anyone, I mean, would you say that that you have to have a university course or anything like that if you want to get into web design or? This is a really topical one for me, as Fraser will know, because um, I recently had an interesting situation with a, a project I was working on, and um, the client, uh, well, the graphic designer who works with the company um, basically wanted to grill me on my qualifications for what I did. Um, I, I don't know the reasons for that or, or, or where that conversation came about, but actually I found it really quite unsettling because it was like well i understand where you're coming from and you're you know you're the company paying so you've got a right to know but at the same point point in time i'd rather be judged on the quality of my work and, and stuff like that so yeah um my personal view is that you don't you don't need a university degree to be fantastic and amazing what you do and you shouldn't feel that you need one to justify your worth um you know in providing a, a service that people pay for but even more so, and on top of that, I think it, it applies in the web industry where it, it is such a new thing and it's developing all the time. Um, you know, you, there aren't, there literally aren't people, or there aren't many people who've grown up in the industry. You know, Anna can say, I've got a degree in the industry and I've grown up in it, you know, and I've got all that experience and I've seen it go from square one. Yeah. So that, that's my personal view. Yeah, I think as well, like you know, you're saying in terms of in terms of learning web design or learning web development, like in, and like you say, the industry does move so quick. So whereas, like you can teach someone psychology because I guess psychology is a fairly a level a level thing of this this or in in whatever you were in now, 2014. So you can go to uni now and and study psychology and you'll learn the same thing that your mum would have learned 30 years ago. Whereas no, if if, if one of, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but. You, it doesn't apply. Maybe not psychology or history or, or something like yeah. that. So you, you're learning the same thing. Whereas in, in terms of web design and web development and stuff, like a syllabus that was written a year ago could be out of date for, for next year's Absolutely. students. Um, and it's, yeah, I guess it is something that's really hard to kind of to make a course out of because it does move so fast. Yeah, I tried to find a course. When I decided I wanted to do this for a living, I tried to find courses. And, yeah. I, and I just couldn't find any that were specific to actual writing code. Yeah, you know, not. Yeah. I mean, there probably were some out there, but it wasn't as easy to find yeah. as as you as you would think. Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. I, uh, yeah. I mean, when I first started, I was trying to look for like uh, like evening courses and stuff, and it was just so hard to find. And I, and to be honest, like, as we've discussed so many times in different episodes, like you know, there's more than enough resources on the web. But in the back of your mind, you're also thinking, do I need a piece of paper that says I can do this? Yeah. Um, but I, hope, I think hopefully, like one of the things that we we've all talked about is that no, like if you're good enough, you'll get a job. You know, if you show the passion, if you're looking to learn, I think most employers are you know they're pretty reasonable. They they're not looking for that piece of paper that says you can do it. It's the actual you know your portfolio or whatever. Um, but that's my personal point, and I, I think I agree with you, Justin. But for me, it's all about the passion of the individual, not like the piece of paper that says they've done this course. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're all, you know, fairly similar backgrounds, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, but I've got a list of questions for you, as long as we are. But uh, if you guys got some questions, then please uh, go for it. For Justin, no. no. 
it's, it, you never know who to go who to go first. I've got a good one. I've got go one. I can leave you one. So Justin, obviously, web design is something that changes frequently. You know, on a very very, and it's you know, technologies are changing and everything like that. How yeah. do you sort of cope with that challenge to sort of keep up with it all? What sort of your sort of resources that you go to 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 actually like see how things are changing and to get new ideas and stuff? It's a really good question because um, it's one of those things that I think a lot of a lot of web web designers would say can be difficult because you're so busy. Um, particularly if I think if you're you're working for a company because um, you know you've got pressures and things that need to happen. Um, the way I I do it is I sign up to um, just about any basically web design blog or anything like that I can find and and just get newsletters by email. Um, and from that, I just build up an archive of emails, basically. And if I'm ever stuck for inspiration or anything like that, or I have a spare five, ten minutes, you can just you know browse through those and see what's going on. Um, and they're great. You can spend hours on that. There's also some really good books out there, um, like web design kind of little annuals and stuff like that, full of um, current trends and that kind of thing, which is quite handy. But, yeah, it's, there's so much out there. It's... Uh, what that, seems to be the the main the main big thing at the moment? Is it is it all responsive or is there even newer kind of things? Do you know what? I'm not sure if I'd even be confident to say I knew what the big thing was because it's and and that for me is the beauty of the industry we work in. Yeah, because there may there may be something that amazing that is is just come out and people are talking about and you don't yet know about, <laughs> um, but you're going to find out tomorrow and that's what I love about it. Um, I, th- I think for me, responsive is is like re- the revelation of responsive is is come and gone now, and it's just like it's just one of those books on the bookshelf. Um, but um, in terms of what's current and, and that kind of thing, I don't know. I don't honestly know. I think um, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the biggest thing I'm aware of is is the responsive element. Definitely. How did how did responsive stuff? Because there was a big old surge of it, wasn't there? Like a year or yeah. two back. How has it changed your thinking being a designer? You know, because it's not that straight nine sixty grid anymore. Well, not even a grid. You know, yeah. you use the grid now, but there's not that. You know, I want to be in this seven twenty, you know, ten twenty four yeah. kind of thing and keep like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. In so many ways, it's changed. It's changed everything in so many ways. Um. I had a really on this topic. I had a really interesting question by a marketing consultant this week, which was um, she, we were talking about responsive, and, and um, she said, "Oh, um, will that be included in the project? I mean, do people even build websites that aren't responsive anymore?" Um, and for her, it did. You know, she didn't understand why that wouldn't happen. Wow! Yeah. Surely, surely every um, website is responsive. And that's coming from someone who's, you know, commissioning these things on a day-to-day basis. So that really took me aback and made me think a lot. And and I said to her that, you know, um, that there not every website necessarily needs to be responsive. Maybe um, just floating the idea out there. And perhaps there is still a market for mobile variants for certain things. Um, you know, it's nice not to have the pressure to make something work on a mobile device that really works really well on a desktop and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, doesn't it limit your design, you know, what you can actually do because of those constraints now, you know, that oh, I have to think about the fact that the code's going to have to, you know, make it move and stuff like that when it... Was... I think, 
Um, maybe if I was a better designer, I'd say no, but I think the answer is <laughs> definitely yes. Um, you, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly aware of it if it's a responsive project and I'm constantly aware that certain things are just not going to work well on mobile or you're going to have to come up with a better way of doing it or a different way of doing it. And the other question it raises really is, again, if you look at it from a commercial perspective, unfortunately, you've got to think um, it does add a lot of time and, and uh, onto the project, both from a design and development point. So And testing and everything, and yeah, testing, absolutely. Exactly. And so even in terms good. of the client, client liaisons, because I know you've or we've put something out quite recently and this has been a lot of back and forth with with the client in terms of even like them saying oh does this fit in the page or oh this doesn't fit in the page and that kind of thing and it's it's more for them to review and more for them to question and not that's a bad thing at all but it's it it adds time to the whole process because it's not just looking at one thing on one device that you're then getting them to sign off on it's it's an added element that they have to do the back and forth on as well that's true although if you can, if you look at it from the other angle, yeah, it is actually nice for to be able to when a client because this often happens. I mean, I'm sure everyone can relate to it. You produce a web website for someone, and you find out, um, you know, halfway through the project that they only use an iPad. They've never turned their computer on, or they don't even have a computer. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like everything they view, all the PDFs that you show you, the visuals, all the test sites that they see, it's all on an iPad or something like that. And it's like oh, that explains everything. And and if it's a responsive project, it's really nice to have the freedom to say, okay, yeah, we'll fix that for uh, that particular resolution. You know, I'll, you know, we'll change the way it looks for that. Um, and that's that can bail, bail you out, I think, of some situations, especially there's a classic example, like Fraser said, of projects we've, we've got going on at the moment. And it's not a responsive project, but the client doesn't like the way it looks on their particular monitor. And no matter how many times you say, you've got a tiny monitor, basically, <laughs> and, and if we design it to your monitor, you know, 99% of the population looking at your website, it's going to reduce the, you know, the impact of it. Um, they still want it to look good on their computer. And at least responsive design gives you a bit more freedom to do that and to kind of get over those hurdles. Which is quite nice. If you work out where their IP address is, and then whenever they send, they get a request to say no. <laughs> oh, Just a yeah. big old seventy-two point no in Comic Sans. Impossible. <laughs> well, out of interest, what screen are they viewing that on? Uh, like is it a netbook or is it? No, it's a desktop computer. I can't remember the resolution off the top of my head, but it is really, really small. <laughs> Six eighty. Uh, no, not quite that small. <laughs> it's it's really small. 1024, yeah. 768, that kind of, you know, old school. It might be. Yeah, it might I remember be. that that was like high res as well. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I do find it quite scary. I just, I remember like you coming back into the office, like after you went on, was it like some exhibition or something and came back and said, look, guys, we need to be doing responsive. And yeah. I, remember, I, just, I remember the first time hearing that word from you and now really? to think how far we've come. But you're absolutely right that, like, I remember at the time we were thinking, well, look, this is a great income opportunity for us. And yeah. whereas now, like, I know at our place, responsive is default. And I don't think clients expect to pay any more money for that. Do you think clients actually know what it is? No. Yeah. 
Really? Okay. <laughs> because it, is it sniffing? Is it the fact that it will look different on the iPad to look, or is it responsive in the sense of if I, you know, glide my, you know, change rescale my, the re- browser, rescale my browser, it's going to yeah. change, you know, gracefully. Because there's that still divide between oh, I'm just going to sniff to say if it's that res, it's going to look like this, uh, but if it else, it's just going to get the main, you know, not even. I think even in the dev circles, we're kind of still working out what people want. From the yeah. technical side of things, I completely agree. But I think there's a lot of people out there now who who know the buzzword responsive because of like and, .NET magazine. They've seen it on there. Yeah. Like, oh, we can now say this and exactly. And I, I, I mean, I personally think it's another part of the you know the race to the bottom with the web. I, I really it, it kind of frustrates so me. Much hassle though. It's yeah. such a hard job. But they, they are beautiful websites. You see, and I think the problem is you just see stuff like Google doing this and all these really high profile sites being able to do this because they've got a lot you know of backing behind them. And people are like, "Oh, it looks so cool." But it's like the amount of work that goes into that is just insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think responsive is a topic we could cover in itself, and if uh, and perhaps even get Justin back on to to do a podcast on responsive design, that'd be uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be fun, yeah. Uh, I've got another question for you. Go for uh, it. What is your pet hate with developers? Yes, good question, sir. Limit it to five. Mike, you might, you might want to log off for a minute here while he answers. <laughs> I was going to say, I need more of them. Yeah, Actually, no, we no. probably all need to. <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, in in fact, I think, I think after I answer this, we should flip it around. And what's the pet hate with designers? Oh, um, okay, easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> I think um, I, I don't know whether this is um, coming at it from a design perspective or maybe more a design slash project management perspective. But for me. When when you send something to a developer and you know maybe maybe they missed something off the design, I don't have a problem with that at all because it's it's natural. I miss I miss stuff all the time. You just can't spot it. But for me, a developer, their their job is to make sure they've tested what they send back, you know, thoroughly, and it and it works, and it works across browsers, and it works across devices. And I don't think it's the designer's job to to retest that and say I found this bug, I found that bug. So that's probably one of my pet hates, like because it's I, I don't feel it's it, it's the job of the designer to do that. It should, that's the developer's job. They should build it properly. Yeah. Um, if they've missed something from the design, no problem. Everyone misses things. That's easy to do, but it's got to work. And yeah. even like I've even found like you know compatibility and stuff like that, and you know best practices. Like I shouldn't even have to know that you know, H- the HTML5 way of doing this might not work in this particular thing. That's, I don't want to know that necessarily. Do you know what I mean? I want the developer to take care of that and make sure it just, it flawlessly works. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a difficult thing to say because you you don't, you don't always have a design that works flawlessly either, but no one critiques it in that way. So I know it's a tall order, but. That's a, that's I, a good, that is a good thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the funny thing, the, I suppose the thing is, is like, I suppose, so being a web designer, do you do you not want to be part? Because I suppose that's the hard thing about like being print media and stuff. It, yeah. Nowadays, as you say, you do have uh, you know this problem of like, well, the, the dev comes to you and goes, I can't get it working on this browser. So you do unfortunately do get kind of told the problems. You're like, oh, 
And does that then, that obviously then must change your design views of feeling like, oh, I know that person, you know, that person's not going to be able to make this like that, etc. because of these browsers. And then that restricts you more. Or do you still just go, I'm going to make it, I'm going to design something that I would like to see on a page. And then what, you know, and then. No, I think if I've understood your question right, I, I do actually think that's exactly where, um, where you get the difference and you get someone who who's skilled as a web designer compared to just a graphic designer or some yeah. or an art director yeah. or something like that you know i think it's the web designer's responsibility to know that's that's doable you can do that or here you know visually anyway here's a good way of doing that um this this won't work this will work and if they don't know go and find a developer and chat it through with them when they've got you know some time I, I do think that's the designer's job to do that and, yeah. and to listen. You know, if something's not going to work or it's not going to be good for best practice, then it's got to change. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's an accolade that I would, I'd like to give. Well, Justin, he knows this anyway, but it's, it's really a pleasure working with Justin because he is a web designer rather than just a, a, like a blanket designer. Because we, we work with a couple of agencies that feed us designs to do do either websites or HTML emails from. And then, like, have, with all due respect, they haven't got a clue about web design and about HTML email design. And, like, we'll kind of get this this thing that they've put together in Photoshop. So there's a box up here and a box up here, and it's basically going to come out being, like, a load of images stuck together with a bit of text over the top. Um, and it's generally stuff that doesn't work on the web and it's stuff that that'll look perfect in a magazine or on a flyer or something like that. But when chucked into a website, it's like, you've got this static rigid thing and then you send it back to them. So oh, it doesn't look perfect on, on an iPhone or an iPad. And it's, it's, it's the understanding of what, or not just what, what you need to, to do to make stuff work on the web, but what kind of the way people use the web and, and that kind of thing. Cause again, going back to a, or that I hinted a project that I hinted at before, like or that Justin was talking about when they were saying, Oh, it doesn't all fit on onto one page. And I thought, like, well, websites generally don't do that because you've got all this scrolling page to go down <laughs> underneath. And it's, yeah, it's just a real, a real pleasure working with an actual web design rather web designer, rather than working with one of these design agencies that's been doing print design for 30 years. And <laughs> oh, we need to get into web yeah. design because that's where everything is these days. I uh, yeah, I completely that agree. Be, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to like just uh, you know keep praising Justin all the time, but like I I mean I, I truly hate when I get things wrong. I, I really hate it. And but I mean Justin, you give me a, a kick up the backside quite a few times. And <laughs> but <laughs> like metaphorically, not physically. But um, <laughs> like but yeah, I really thank you. Honestly, it was it was good. It was what I needed. And and the thing is, like, I would see you working till. Well, let's not kid ourselves. Like nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night, sometimes uh, in the office, and so to know like the amount of attention you put into that PSD, and then for someone to go and not do what you've done, I I, I can really appreciate how frustrating that must have been. And I guess you know you were saying about how's it compare working with a designer who's working Cornwall. I guess the front end developers don't see that. So um, yeah, I I completely agree. I've got. I, I can't argue with what you said. I think that's a really fair criticism, to be honest. I suppose that. But, I suppose, oh, sorry. No, no, go for it. I was just saying. I suppose that comes down to the fact of like saying, "Oh, right, the design's done, and you ship it off to a development team, and then you don't see it again." It's that you yeah. you do yeah. want that continued, you know, daily, even probably a couple of times a day. Oh, how's it going? You know, just like, oh, you know, that kind of check in and stuff. Yeah, uh, and that's what you were really good with, actually, with the check ins, because 
you know, I say like us, us being developers, we just go, oh, you know, the code looks pretty. As long as the code looks pretty to us, we're fine. And it functions, yeah. And it, fun- you know, it does the functionality and stuff. Um, and it looks something like... Exactly, that's exactly it, you know. <laughs> or, you know, we found this nifty trick we can do in code to make it look like this. Yeah. But the problem is it won't look like what you want, but it looks cooler in code. So it doesn't really yeah. matter, you know. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the kind of thing, isn't it? It's that you want to be continue, you want this back and forth between the two, and maybe that's why it's good working in the same office with each other, you know, maybe a table away, just because you can just keep an eye on each other about what's going on. You know, maybe you're doing the design, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I don't know if we could do that, or you know, you'd come over and like that looks nothing like I wanted it to do. Yeah, you know that kind of. Yeah, I yeah. used to say that to Michael all the time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I I do miss you okay. saying whatever, Michael, all I the miss, time. I do miss you. <laughs> Such a bad um, liar. I, I think um, just was that Dennis? That is Dennis. Yeah. Dennis is, is that a cat? Dennis. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was a kid. Is that the Oh wow! Um, sorry. Yeah, Mike, you might want to go and check on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, Abby's not giving birth. It's uh, yeah, it's a cat, and she's just evacuated him. So uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that's thrown us off. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a fair criticism, and uh, I, I definitely look back at it and think it, it made me a better developer. So, uh, any more, any more, Justin? So you can dig yourself a bigger hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I might leave it there. Actually, you know, what about the other way round? Come on. Okay, uh, he wants to go first. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go first. Go for it. Um, one thing I don't. Oh, ouch. It depends on the developer, though, because I suppose... Well, the designer, sorry. Uh, outrageous designs. Uh, yeah. Stuff with absolute positioning type thing, you know? Like, no... So what they, what I would hate, what I do hate, is if a developer literally says, I want it to look like this, and they literally have their, you know, 1024 by 768 up, and it has to look like that. Or, in fact, actually, no, because they're a designer, they're going to have big old monitors, and they want it to look like this big, you know... And yeah. it's like, well, what can we do? You know, and it's oh, the stuff's not; it doesn't flow. There's no way of making it responsive. It's all static, you know, images, JPEG type photo images that won't, you know, that have to be that way, you know, vector style. And we're well, not vectors, but you know, those like rasters. And that, to me, I suppose, gets me a bit annoyed because there's like, literally, all you're doing is you're just taking, you know, you're not. The the, the beauty of the web is the fact that it is rest- it's restrictive, but it's also adaptable. Um, and you know it's like taking that print medium and just saying oh yeah that's what this A4 page now but instead you know it's just going to look like this and it's going to have a scroll bar and it's going to be the exact same on every every website or every screen browser and every well obviously every browser every screen every device and that you know not even taking into consideration and just thinking oh I can just export this exactly what I would have done for the A4 you know uh, actual you know just the magazine export it to slice it up and think that there's the website yeah, is, yeah, I suppose, and that's another. I suppose is to think that it's this whole PSD to HTML services. I'm sure you've all heard of these. Yeah, you know, aren't they dead, hmm? aren't they dead now? Well, that's sure. the thing. That's the thing. Like they are, and they aren't. Like you still see them around and stuff. And it's you know, it's literally just some kid who's just got Photoshop and he'll just slice it up for you. But there isn't, oh, you know, right. and it's like all of the text is, I mean, I remember doing this on MySpace, you know, I'd made a yeah. PSD and I'd slice it up and then, you know, but the text, or maybe you'd replace some of the text, you know, but, you know, oh, that's too, you know, that font's too much, you know, I'm just going to make it just so it's a background image, etc. Um, it's that yeah. kind of thing, you know, it's like thinking, oh yeah, I suppose it's just, 
uh, respecting each other's sides, isn't it? Really, it's like you know, you know, development's very uh, hard, and the design's even harder. So it's that kind of back and forth. Yeah. Now I think in future when we start getting those kind of print designs sent over as, as web designs, we just export them as a PDF and then put that up as the index page. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's really what you know. Literally, you just you know you just export it and then do a background image and say that's it. Yeah. And you know, and it's it's one of those things, I suppose. But that again, this is nothing to do with you, Justin. You're not like this. Thanks, man. No, you definitely aren't. You aren't. This is the thing. This is the nice thing. You aren't. You know, you weren't. So. Um, yeah, it, it, that's one annoying thing that I've, I, ca- I have found with some designers. Um, but that's just, you know, I suppose that's, again, the different mediums, isn't it? You know, it's, and it's people coming in from different backgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know what? I mean, you just launched into a whole tirade there. Obviously, you had a lot to get off your chest. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry about that. I was, it's, it's good. I'm not yeah. now. I won't fall off my chair now, I promise. So you've got <laughs> Vietnam syndrome and you just need to get all that therapy out. So, um, but yeah, my... And so it would be the exact same thing as what Ed said. I'm, I'm just guessing here that Fraser and Lou are going to say the same things, but go for it. I'm, I'm not actually. I, oh. I'm going to, I'm going to say quite the opposite. I, I actually, um, I can't, I can't fault designers because uh, I, I think they just have a very, very, very hard job, and uh, you know they're under a deadline to come up with an idea, and uh, where, <laughs> whereas our, you know, our kind of job is to code stuff, and it, you know, it's we haven't actually, you know, we might have to come up with like a um, how the code's going to work or anything like that, but we haven't got to come up with anything visual that a client's going to see. And, you know, a lot of the time, you know, the designer will do something, it'll get presented to a client and the client won't be a designer themselves, but then they'll, they'll interrogate it and tear it to pieces and, and then come back. And uh, and I often think for designers, that's got to be demoralizing and frustrating and stuff, you know, that they're, they're obviously using their expertise. And then someone who, who in a lot of cases doesn't know about design is, is, telling them stuff that, that they don't like and I mean you you get that a lot Justin do you experience that my, my experience of that is um, if you let that kind of thing bother you you probably wouldn't last very long in the industry um, because I think personally you get past that point quite quickly because you've got to you've got to expect that people aren't going to like it or they're not going to understand your vision for it or anything like that and that's just part and parcel of doing it I think and and actually, I, you know, if someone doesn't like something I've done, it really doesn't bother me anymore. Um, because, <clears throat> you know, sometimes, sometimes you've done something, and and actually the client comes up with an idea, and you think that's brilliant. I, I wish I'd thought of that first. Um, and actually, you know, it takes a turn for the best. It doesn't always happen. You know, often it's the other way around. But but you, I think you need to appreciate that design there is no necessarily you know right solution sometimes for design it's subjective and you know it's one of those things you can't hold it too too closely do you find that when you design when you're designing i've got an echo now um you're always still designing for yourself or do you ever find that you you're designing for someone else if you know what i mean is it always do you always stick to your ideas or do you do you ever find that you're perhaps dumbing something down because you you know that Although you think it's good, and most other people will as well, that the client won't like it, or do you still go that's, with what your gut instinct is? It's a really good question because it does raise raise another kind of learning curve I had, I think, a little while ago. Um, <clears throat> but you always obviously design. You always try and find as much information and as much about 
what the client's after and envisaging like first anyway because it will save you so much time and I think you do you do have to take that into consideration but you you weigh all that out with what they think they want and what you think they will like you know and should have and all that kind of stuff but but it's a really good question because I think one of the things that's really important and really like kind of helped me progress in my design stuff was coming to a point where I wasn't prepared to send something over if I didn't like it myself or I wasn't really, you know, if I didn't think it was as good as I could do because yeah. it's very easy to do that and it's very easy to send something over because you think, I think that's what they're after and they'll probably like it. But when you when you think about it from another perspective and think, well, actually, I, I want to be proud of this and I want I want it to look good to my standards, You the feedback is often twice as good as it would have been and it's you know that's fantastic I love it and and you get a lot more satisfaction out of it as well and I think you know just putting that extra bit in and 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 stopping yourself pre- pressing send and going do you know what I know that's not not as good as it should be um I think is a really a really big part of it and that's probably transferable to you know development and anything else to be honest cool hello hello <laughs> Michael, that, that's it for my. That's yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all my questions. Oh, microphone was turned off. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, I was going to just saying, um, talking to myself. I think there's a line like in that argument where I think if a developer goes to a designer and says, "Look, this design, what are you doing to me?" If it's just that the developer's being lazy and he knows it's going to be hard, but it's doable, then that's poor. That that's really poor because we should be. We want to be challenged by designers. Surely that's what you want. You don't want to do the same uh, development every day in, day out. But I think if, if there's something that, that really, truly is like there's a technical issue and it's going to cause problems, then I think it, it's good to talk to a designer and to have a designer who can say, you know what, appreciate what you're saying. Let's see if we can change something. As long as it doesn't go drastically against the vision of the designer. Yeah. Is yeah. that a fair comment? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because... I think you have to do that because, like like we've said before, you know everything's moving on so quickly. If you don't stay up to date and have that good relationship with the developer, you can say, you know, they people don't do that anymore, or you know something's changed, or did you know you could do it less way? Then you know what's the point almost? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fraser, did you have any uh, like anything you wanted to like slag off Justin about, or <laughs> <laughs> not particular, Justin? No, it's just. Like I said before, it is, it is a pleasure working with a designer who actually knows the web because yeah. going back to the previous point, yet again, it's kind of the most frustrating thing in the world when when you are working with one of these design agencies that don't know the web too well. And there's been a couple of instances where I've been working <coughs> with a designer and they've sent over like a, a design for a, a CMS site and you get the PSD and you look at all the, the different pages. So they want this all to go into, into a, a CMS, but every single page is designed completely different and they're like oh we want to be able to add pages as well so well if you add pages then we don't know how how to make it look how you want it to look kind of thing and it's it's just really yeah just frustrating um and then i guess the the, the whole pixel perfect thing that we keep banging i say we keep banging on about we have been banging on about previously <laughs> it's and that, that's absolutely not down to the fault of the designer it's kind of like it's i think a, a point that ed touched on was as developers we are so focused on getting it working right and getting the code looking nice and getting the code working well, it's it's very easy for us to overlook what we should be doing. And that's the actual making it look as it should as it should look. And 
it is quite frustrating. It does happen where I'll do I'll do some work that Justin sent over for me to build, and I'll send it back, and he's like, oh, "This this is out of place, and this is out of place," and it's like these little things. Like, oh, can you move this left like two pixels? <laughs> and then we're sitting there, we're sitting there going, "What's the point?" But like the the point is that's his craft, and it's his craft that that is is a case of is that that defined. Whereas we maybe don't have quite the artistic eye to to see that that's such a big deal. But but I guess it's yeah, that's that's a big frustration. But it's it's no no fault of, of the designer at all and it's absolutely on our heads that that we're not building that to be pixel perfect in the first place anyway yeah that's cool yeah and Justin tries to play footsie with me under the desk <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my spot I used to sit opposite Justin oh, so, oh happy times my, you left get used to it <laughs> uh, it's over <laughs> Well, this has by far been my favourite podcast we've done so far. It's been brilliant. But um, I've got a quiz to kind of wrap up with. I know we've only kind of scratched the surface Ooh. with design, but I'm, I'm sure we will have Justin back on in the future because it's been brilliant. But um, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, is everyone ready? Yeah. Gonna... Uh, yeah. What's okay. the format? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to have to explain the format on a question-per-question question basis because it's a bit different, okay. but uh, they're, they're kind of design-based. But, um, so but yeah. there's one person who's going to be good at this and three that may <laughs> struggle? Uh, no, not really. I think you, you all have a, a fair uh, shot at this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you say that now. Okay, okay. so <laughs> first question. Uh, you can all answer this so you don't have to, uh, to uh, scream all at once. Uh, but basically, whoever gets the closest will get the point. Okay. Ooh. So, when did Photoshop first come out? I'm looking for a year. So much. Oh. Ooh. 1991. 1991. We allowed to use Google. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> okay. Well, so we all guess, and then the closest. Yeah. You said you used Photoshop too, didn't you? Yeah, Justin. I, th- I don't know. It must have been at least two, if not earlier. Because that's interesting. What year would that be then? I've already jumped mine, so I'm screwed anyway. But <laughs> um, I'm going to go for 97. 97. I was going to have 97. <laughs> I'm lucky. <laughs> I'll go 96 then, just to 96. block him. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're not Lou. Uh, Fraser, 96. Lou. Uh, law of averages, I'm going to say 95. Don't know, <laughs> law of averages means nothing there, I just thought I'd say it. <laughs> and the winner is, oh, I hate this, is Edman. Oh, um, oh. Back of the net, oh, have some of that. Design of God. This is, it says, this is from Wikipedia, so don't shoot me if it's wrong, but it says 1987. Really? What? Wow. I didn't think seven, I bet that was looking good. The general web wasn't to like what nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, like the, the first. I guess a photo it's, editing it's, package, it's wasn't it? Just like a, all yeah, that. everything, yeah. now, isn't it? It's all oh, things drawn. Wow, Look at that. Eighty seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, do a search for Photoshop nineteen eighty seven. Ah, yeah. Do you know what I was thinking of? CS. I was thinking of Creative Suite. Uh, yeah, because yeah, no, that would have been two thousand and two or something like that. I think. No, it'd be earlier. Because it was because I, I was because I was using six in. The early two thousands, I think. I remember seven in the early two thousands as well. Yeah, because seven I was, was using like two thousand one, I think. All right, question two. Uh, so I'm going to say everyone can get a point for this. So again, it's not a race, but um, 
what was the first browser to apply CSS? Mosaic. Ed Mosaic. I'm going to say Netscape Navigator. Pro. Awesome. Justin and Lee. Escape Navigator, because that's the oldest one that I've heard of, so I'm just going to go with that. Okay. I'm going to go with Ed, because Ed normally knows what he's talking about, so I'll just say Mosaic. (laughs) Okay. Again, this is Wikipedia, so don't shoot me, but it was Internet Explorer. Unbelievable. So no one got a point there. When did it stop doing that, then? Uh, Well, that's my next question. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, nearly. Um, Okay, so again, we'll go for the closest year, but what year did I adopt CSS? I hate you so much. I hope these answers are right, but it is from Wikipedia, so... So it's definitely wrong. Um, Can I go first? Yep. 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Good shout. (laughs) Next. Hi, Bill Gates. 96. (laughs) 96. 96, I reckon. Ed? 95. Justin? 97. Okay, let me just check. And the answer is 1996, which was Fraser's guess. Boom, sir. And that was, what was that? What version of IE was that? Was that the original IE? I knew you were going to ask that. I don't know. (laughs) I should have written it down. Do I get extra points for being 25 years out? (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, actually, no, no, do you get the extra points for being right, pretty much, that it doesn't deal with CSS? (laughs) So, yeah, you win. point uh okay um this is gonna be first answer i think oh, okay buzzers so yeah buzzers <laughs> already Beep. uh yeah just say your name to buzz in um what css feature allows you to do simple arithmetic lou sorry this one just buzz in uh yeah don't know <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh is that not just what the point in. was oh i thought the point was whoever buzzes in first sorry <laughs> No, try again. So you're disqualified from the round now. Oh, <laughs> is it eval or am I making that up? You're it's making that it up. That's PHP. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it content? Nope. I have no idea. Is this a CSS3 thing or has it been around for a while? I think it is, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, I think Justin, the only one left who's got a, a guess. He's blatantly on Google. Sign and knock it out of the park. Um, I do actually feel like I've heard of this before, but I don't know what it is. Open it up in Photoshop. Get a PNG. <laughs> Are you concerned? No. I don't know. Okay. It is calc. And it looks like a function, basically. I guess it really? is. Really? You can. Why? Yeah. Is that. Oh, wow. Is that to do stuff like the. Uh, resp- not responsive, but dynamic. Yeah, I tested it out before, basically. I just. Uh, create a quick dev site and then basically you can do things like width and then you just put calc and you can put like you have to put I think you have to put like the, the type so you put like 300 pixels minus 100 pixels and it will set your width to can it can it get, I don't know if I asked it can it actually get like the current width of the browser I don't you know what you should have just said you should have just said JavaScript yes but <laughs> you know that would be cheap <laughs> yeah, I, I, it does test, now. that does work that's crazy yeah. so uh yeah. So who needs SAS less and that lot, you know? Exactly. We have CSS3. Okay, at round four, we have Ed on one point, Fraser on one point, Lou on zero, Justin on zero. Oh, so, Fraser. So, so my eyes never Boom, head to head. Disappointed. Yeah. 
Question five. Uh, hang on, who can answer this? Uh, you could all answer this, okay? So there's no no race. Uh, is the rel attribute required when adding a style sheet? Yes. No. Yes. Not now. It's not. I don't think. Yes. Like when you say, is it required? Like, yeah. st- does standards dictate that it should be used, or will it physically not work without will it? Will it physically not work? I reckon it physically won't work. No, I reckon it physically will because I'm going to play game theory again. Uh, <laughs> okay, Luke? I'm going with yes, it, it needs to be there to work. Okay. I, I think it doesn't. I think it doesn't as well. I'm with Lewis on this. Okay, well, actually, this just came back because I just screwed up my cell sheet before, but uh, I think it, it definitely is needed, so Ed and just oh, at that point. It's the yeah, only one that's really annoying because in scripts and stuff, it's the type yeah. you don't need. Types, like, yeah. you don't even use the type. It's so it's stupid. Not. It's one of the most stupid things ever to even have a type because it reads it from the file anyway. Yeah, I had a typo in, in uh, my rel bit, so uh, it wasn't working. So, that well, is it now... was a 50-50 response, that one. I, I, I got it half right, so can I have half a point? No, uh, I'm stuck on zero. Then <laughs> can I, can I ask can I ask a random question? Yeah. Uh, okay. What is the difference is this... between a serif and a sans serif font? Oh, I know this. Uh, three letters and a dash. <laughs> <laughs> Four letters. Uh, does anyone else want to answer? Yeah, it's the little ticky bits at the end and the top, isn't it? Like where you've got the your little, H and stuff when you've got the bits. yeah the little the kind small of small decorative the, flourishes, the as they say. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, does Fraser get a point for that, or is that just a? I don't know. I just, I just randomly saw it, and it's like, that's what I think. What, what does the M measurement stand for? The N. M E M. You know, you use E M. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Um, height of the M, isn't it? Oh. Was it originally like used as a unit of measurement before it was actually on the web? E M was used for typography. It was (laughs) definitely used for typography. (laughs) But what was it used? Like, what was the unit of measurement like equivalent to? Uh, E-M Points Pickers um, I know this Because there's another one as well uh, That's a lowercase But I can't remember it But E-M M Rem Rem E-M M M I don't know uh, Emasculated <laughs> <laughs> Justin uh, so, oh, hold on, what's the question again? So originally, the EM, the M measurement, was roughly equivalent to what, though? What was it? What was the equivalence of it? Oh, right, okay. Um, oh, uh, back in the day. Back in the day. Don't know. So it's the equivalent of the, uh, to the width of a capital M in a given typeface. Oh, really? At, at, at that specific point size. But we already said that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I said that earlier. Oh, well, there you go. Right. I've, uh, I just kept this going. I've just subtracted a point from Ed, so he's now back I, on one. I hate you um, so much. Just since I'm one. That, guy, that guy will no, email and no, you will no, write again. I said the height. I'm sorry, I said the height. No, I don't get the point. Capital M. Right. Do I have to give Ed his point back? There is a smaller one. There's, there's yeah. one for a lowercase as well. I don't know if it's EA or something. But... All right, I've given Ed his point back. Um, okay, question six, you ready? Oh, sorry, you had more questions. Sorry. How many are there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry, I just, oh really? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking that sorry. was the end. I was wrapping up. I mean, most people have probably stopped. Most people by have now, long but... gone by now. Oh yeah, yeah. This is I, I'd, I'd actually gone. I thought we were finished. <laughs> all right, rapid fire. Okay, uh, you can all answer this. So no race. Uh, can you have multiple backgrounds with CSS? Yes. CSS three, you can. 
I believe yeah. Fraser. I think Fraser taught me that once. <laughs> you, Fraser, you came up to upstairs and showed me that. So you were oh, the, the yes. CSS backgrounds or something? Yeah, uh, using more than one background. I'm sure you. I'm sure you came up and gave me a demonstration of that when I was at 360. Ah, everyone go for yes. Yeah, yeah. So you better say yes. <laughs> surely, yes. surely. I, I did say yes. I think it's a CSS three though, aren't you? It's yeah. Sorry, I didn't specify, but yeah, yeah, you can. So you've all got a point there. Yeah. Uh, question seven: What is the CSS syntax to format your paragraphs into columns? And um, oh. I'll accept oh. column colon, and then the actual number of columns you want. Maybe um, columns colon, and then the number of columns you want. <laughs> 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 I don't know how I'm pointing this one, but. Uh, Okay, I want specific for browser-specific declarations. Hyphen web hyphen columns. (laughs) (laughs) Column dash count and then colon. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll give a point to Ed for that. He was first in, I guess. Uh, All right. I wasn't actually given the opportunity to give my answer there, Mike. Oh, he's gonna riot, he's angry now. I'm already I'm already up against it so oh. far and now you're not even letting me answer. I alright, I'll give you a point. Mine would be um <laughs> mine would be dollar sign columns because I'm using SAS. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do I get a point for that? You do, I'm just giving you a point. Fantastic. Uh okay, right. What okay, so anyone can come in on this, but first first in, first gets a point, okay? But there's multiple answers, so you can keep going and Get as many points as you want. Oh, Smash and grab. Smash okay. and grab. Does that make any sense? Yes, that did. Yeah. No. All right. Okay, good. Uh, what features will be in CSS4? Oh, my day. Shout oh. your name to buzz in. Variables. Ed, what? variables. Ed, variables. Actually, it might be. I don't know, but it's not on my list. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is, this, this is... Uh... I don't even know if this is official, but uh, it was from the from their website. I reckon you'll be able to do like maths, <laughs> like you know how in uh, in SAS and lessons stuff you can do like this color minus fifty percent darkness or something. Oh yeah, can you have the functions functions in CSS? Yeah, that's maybe. what I meant. I don't know. It's not on my list. You have to name something that's on my list. Oh basically. great, great. Uh, how many have you got on <laughs> oh, your okay. list? I've, I've got one. Go on. uh, vertical centering. Uh, it's not. On my oh. List. Oh, parent selectors. Yes. Boom. One for Fraser. What are parent selectors? It's I like don't when know. you select it. Yeah, it's, it's basically like you do a. Oh, so you can actually know, go up the dog. Yeah. You can go up the dog. Yeah. Oh, that's so you can cool. say this A, its parent has ah, to be styled like this. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And you can do some massive, like, you know, chain this, the last parent, the parent, the parent, the parent. Um, yeah. Oh, there must be some sudo stuff you can do, some funky more. Regular expressions in sudo. I don't know. It's on my list. Sorry. I hate regular expressions. Yeah, me too. Everyone hates regular expressions. Yeah. If they keep it out, I'll be happy. Can you change the um, like font rendering, like the way it appears? Uh, it's not on my list. This is a marquee tag. Marquee. Link. We get them back. Marquee is default now on any H on tag tags. I like it. You have to yes. set marquee to false. Oh, thank, oh, thank God. But if you want to get rid of False, and then you have to also have a password that's unique to every instance. Um, <laughs> can, can, may I venture an answer? 
Yeah, go for it. Well, just off the top of my head, um, I, would, I would have to say, first of all, obviously, responsive design is undoubtedly the big thing of 2013, oh, yes, or it was. Um, with media queries, you know, it's never been easier to adapt a site for multiple devices and screen sizes, <laughs> giving the user a better experience. But the only real obstacle left, I mean, you'll all agree with this, in, is page loads. Connection speeds are still worryingly slow for a large portion well, of visitors. has been deducted. So, um, you know, I, I think they should come up with something, I don't know, <laughs> Pre-responsive design or something oh, like that. Okay. Oh, and you know, I'll tell you why. Because that would then allow you to um, apply preload states for slower connections. Correct. How about dynamic Seriously. image loading? Uh, it's not on my list. Based on, I don't like your list. You're cheating now. You're no, like, I'm being serious. I, I'm just trying. I'm throwing stuff out there no, that I'd like to see. Anyway, we need to move on because it's going on for ages. I'll tell you what's what's on my list. Yeah. Well, I, think, um, I think Fraser won actually because he got the definitely what I just said. Yeah. And also, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, if not so. your source is wrong <laughs> <laughs> okay you've got script you can do things like alert messages like you what? do in JavaScript how, how, yeah. is it called? how does it style them and call I them I don't know that, that's, why that's would you I know that's very true as well that's a very good point for it why would you even you've got JavaScript yeah. it's everywhere now yeah. uh, you've got I need to pronounce this right CLIS which is uh, server side <laughs> style sheets which I appreciate doesn't match up to the acronym but uh, yeah, you can do styling for your. Um... <laughs> so it's just templating languages then. You can do styling for the command line. What? Basically, so you can it's style. Just, oh, so it's, it's like a. T- it's using CSS, but on wow, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, proper email styling support. Again, I don't know anything about it, but oh, that's email, in there. that would be. Yeah. yeah, but then aren't all the email clients going to have to catch up to that anyway? That's so very true as well. I guess that's so how, rubbish, how can they so. wave that as a feature? Why don't they just say, "Oh well"? As soon well, as I guess that's the way, isn't it? Someone has to catch yeah. up, I guess. But uh, luminosity. Um, Sorry. Oh wow. Luminosity. Is this a new nickname yeah. you've given me, or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, luminosity. What's <laughs> uh, luminosity? I don't know. Again, Justin. It's really awful. Like those fluorescent pens you used to get at school. <laughs> <laughs> Luminosity. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Bright, surely it's brightness, isn't it? It is. That is what yeah, it is. Like, yeah. Oh, so it's just like yeah. bright, whacking up the brightness and down. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And drag and drop pseudo classes. So you'll be able to detect when something's been uh, dragged and dropped. Why are they like... making JavaScript in CSS? Don't know. Yeah, it's... yeah. And they didn't have yeah. variables. I'm sure they have variables now because they've got alerts. Why not have variables? Yeah. Could you imagine if they have alerts before they have variables in CSS? What a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. but isn't CSS you have to hard code. Isn't CSS cleaner and lighter than JavaScript? And it'll still work if someone's got JavaScript turned off. That's well, I guess true. it is yeah, there now. Those people anyway. Where will it end? But the, but the trouble <laughs> is, is like, uh, then they're going to have to have a browser that's compatible. They're more likely to have JavaScript on with an old browser. Yeah. But, right. yeah, it's weird. And if they haven't got JavaScript turned on, then they're not real people. That's anyway, exactly so it. We just, we, again, we just say no script and you just display none on yeah. the page. Right. A rapid fire last two questions. Go for uh, it. Okay. So the nearest pound, you can all guess. Um, How much do you weigh? You were... No, Jacob. Love you. <laughs> uh, if you were to buy Adobe Photoshop oh, today. Oh, no. Just Photoshop on its own. Website. Just Photoshop. Oh, Justin's bought this. Uh, what would it cost you? £399.99. I need to be specific here. This is, from what I could find on the Adobe website, it's Photoshop, CC, and Lightroom 5. Oh, what, you want Lightroom 5? Well, yeah, it's still £399.99. I reckon £279.95. <laughs> okay, anyone else? Um, 
I'm going to go for, well, I would have gone where Fraser's going, but just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go 450. Okay, I feel I may have cocked up this quiz because basically when I went to the Adobe website, I could only get the, the monthly cost. Oh. So, oh, <laughs> the subscription. You want the subscription? Yes, please. Yeah. $12,99. $9.99. Okay, Justin? Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. What currency are we playing in? Uh, pounds. Okay, about, about yeah, seven pounds fifty. Twenty pounds a month. God, this is getting confusing. So, hang on, right? Okay, so just is twenty. Lewis was seven fifty or something. Yeah, and then seven fifty one. Seven fifty one. Thank yeah. you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, uh, nine pound ninety nine. Nine pound ninety nine. Fraser, uh, twelve pounds. So I think Lou wins that one. Yeah. If my, if my math is okay, it's eight pounds seventy eight a month. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. And question 10. Okay. Uh, uh, this is first in. Buzz in. Uh, who did the founders of Adobe Systems originally work for? Uh, is that Fraser? Me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Macromedia. Uh, wrong. You're out. I know um, where they worked. I know where they worked. For Adobe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Quark? I don't know. No. Apple? Apple. Nope. Microsoft. No. <laughs> You've already answered. Was you, it's uh... not Apple? Oh. <laughs> right. Sorry. Asda. Corel? Everyone starts off at Asda, so they must have worked there at some point. <laughs> right. I think you're all out, to be honest with you. So, what, who, uh, what was it? I, I'm just hoping that these weren't like, bought out by one of the companies that you've all just said, but uh, Xerox Park? Oh, so it was, it was, a, it was an academic thing? Uh, I don't know. It was just two guys from uh, Xerox Park. They, they broke away from... From there to uh, oh, so they were working the paper company Xerox. Yeah, in the yeah. park. Photocopiers. Ah, yeah. Well, there you so, go. So I think no I, actually, I think Fraser's got it again. You know. No, I have got. Oh. I, I've got Ed as four to two. Yes, take that, guys. Oh, I'd like Old to thank everyone fella. who believed in me. Uh, we did get the points back, guys. Yeah, fan mail is. It was, Outrage in that email, wasn't it? Oh, I didn't realize that. Rage, mate. I loved it. Maybe feel good. Yeah. So yeah, I think we probably need to wrap it up because uh, it's gone quite long. But that is, I really enjoyed that podcast. So thank you so much to Justin for uh, joining us and tonight. I think the only people who are listening to the rest of it is just us. So yeah. hi everyone that we're listening. Hope you're having a good day at work, guys. <laughs> but uh, we will be back next week. I'm not going to say topic because it always changes. But um, yeah. I'm sure we will have Justin back on some time to talk responsive. I think that would be really good to get his perspective rather than ours. So, uh, well, can I say as well, if, if anybody out there fancies leaving us an iTunes review, even a horrible one, yeah. then that would be very appreciated. We've only got two on there at the moment, and uh, one, one of them might have been by myself. <laughs> well, thinking, um, that, that, that Fraser one looks pretty familiar. But... Yeah. <laughs> have we had and, any more uh, yeah, uh, Reddit in... reviews? Sorry? Has there been any more Reddit reviews? I know you love that. Uh, no, I've not posted on Reddit in a while. All right, okay. bad, bad feelings. Um, but yeah, if people want to keep sending us email, then it's it's obviously great when we get your emails. So we love those. And follow us on Twitter if, if you're not following us on Twitter. And yeah. yeah, if anybody wants to come on, let us know. Yeah, and Justin. Justin. <laughs> Justin, it's been nice talking to you, Justin. It's been great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Justin. <laughs> and we're going to post the uh, the chat history on the blog as well in the show notes, so you'll be able to see. A play-by-play, yeah. play, a blow-by-blow, you know, of what's actually gone on. 
And perhaps we need to get, <laughs> we need to get an ad for uh, Justin and Fraser's job website. If you, you guys should get an ad from Fiverr. Yes, you should. You should. Oh, yeah. Well, I was yeah. thinking because I was actually looking yeah. for like some way of doing like auto tuning. We could make our own. Oh, I would. Like, if, we, if we could somehow, I'm sure you can do it through GarageBand or something. Hell yeah. But yeah, you if send I it, I'll put it in. A, an auto tune. Yeah. So I want to do like an auto tune like bumper for the the quiz that we do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. get the get the ad ready, and we'll put it on the uh, beginning and the end of the podcast. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. If anyone out there knows how we can auto tune on a Mac, let us know, <laughs> <laughs> and we will Ed. grace you with some amazing music. Ed, if you yeah, know we should sponsor for this do week, similar hundred percent. If you know about sponsor for this week, uh, I, I have. I've been yep. drinking Crabby's alco- uh, original alcoholic ginger beer. Okay, <laughs> you boozing at the moment? Well, by bit one, one solid bottle. But and do they have it? But if I get catchphrase, or uh, they have it's delicious, nutritious, yeah, and it's so good to drink, not eat. So. Yeah, guys. Good for developers, yeah? It's not as good as the uh, as the Kona Rebel, though. <laughs> the Did they ever I... get back to you? No. The thing is, the place no. I bought it from, the Night in a V shop, turned out they had rats and stuff. So, solid, guys. <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough cool. for me. That so, basically, Kona Rebel gives you rats. <laughs> pretty well. much. Pretty much. Oh, dear. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, devs and a maybe.